We started last week with a terrible story. We'll not go over the story again, but about Zosia, about brutality that is done uh, all over the world. And we need to remember that. We have a problem. Now, let me set up something for you. When we talk about these matters, people are very digital. They are on or off. It is all this or all that. Calvinists say that every single thing, and you'll see this today as we go through, every single thing that ever will happen and ever has happened was absolutely planned to the molecule by God. Now, not all Calvinists say that, but that is Calvinist theology. There are different stripes of it in the world. To say that is not true, others will then say, well, you're saying God doesn't do anything. Well, no. And if I say, for example, like I did last week, that there is not a future, there are quadrillions of possible futures, that panics people. And they'll say, you're saying God can't decide what's go the future's going to happen in the future. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is God can, get, can decide what he's going to do. And he does. He can even decide what kind of people he's going to use to get done what he wants to do. But at the same time, he is working with people that he gave the power of choice to. Do you remember what Mordecai said to Esther? Who knows but that you have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. But if you don't do this, God will raise up another. There are options. So with that in mind, let's face the problem. The problem is if God is all-loving and perfectly good, then he must want to protect Zosia, the little girl who is brutalized. If God is in control of everything in the universe, in our heads, then he must, want, he must be able to protect Zosia and want to protect Zosia, yet he doesn't. And Zosia experiences one of the most hor horrific ordeals we could ever imagine. Then she's murdered. That makes no sense to us. And that's the problem of evil. If there was no God, you'll hear me say this again, there would be no problem of evil. The existence of God creates the problem of evil. Now hear me. The existence of God does not create evil. But if there was no God and none of us believed there was a God, we wouldn't be surprised by evil. We would say we're all animals. Life is, as the poet said, nasty, brutish, and short. And all nature red in tooth and claw. We would expect nothing else. We would be like Carl Sagan, uh, who by all accounts was a very decent human being. But he was an absolute committed atheist. And in his last interview, and you could probably find this on YouTube, uh, before he died of cancer, he knew he was dying, is one of the most depressing things I've ever seen in my life. Because he talks, he says, the universe does not know that I exist. The universe will not miss me when I'm gone. There was no purpose for me to be here. There is no meaning when I leave. But he can say that because he doesn't believe in God. If you believe in God, then you see a good person die. Now we have a problem. Why was this allowed? Those of us who believe in God often point to the beauty and intricacy of the cosmos to prove his goodness and power. And we should. And we have small groups that will leap into rejoicing to answers to prayer and 
they will tell us, well, we prayed in this healing, and we prayed in this healing, and I believe in those. I believe in God healing people. I believe in miracles. I believe that God breaks into our, our universe, but I don't believe that that's the norm because in my life it hasn't been. Has it been with you? Most of my prayers have been answered because most of my prayers have been small. Lord, let me get through this morning's sermon without messing up everything. Let's assume God answered that. <laughs> Cammie is off visiting in Detroit. She's driving back. Help her get home safely. Those prayers, by, by I, the huge majority of my prayers, God has said yes to. But we remember the ones he didn't. The year I moved here, just last year, my two best friends died. Both of them with cancer, both of them younger than me, and both of them had thousands praying for them. Then you back up and you say, Why? Um, had a young National Guard sergeant who survived the early bets of the war. And he told us stories of survival, and some of them sounded very miraculous. By the way, honest fellow, I didn't doubt the stories a bit. My question to him was, why you? And he had no answer to it, but he said, it, did, it is driving me, that question is driving me to actually leave the Guard after my enlistment's up I've already applied to the University of Michigan. I'm going to med school. I want to help people because I was helped. I said, that's a good response. That's, that's about as good a response as you could do right there. Don't know the why. Others say God is good all the time, all the time God is good. Have you ever been to one of those churches where you're supposed to automatically say it mindlessly? No matter what, whenever the preacher says it, you've got to do the response. I don't ever do those. You know, I love Jeff Walling. He's a friend of mine. But Jeff does call and response type lessons, all of them. He'll say, now say this, and the crowd will say that. I never say that. I don't know why. I was born contrary. <laughs> when a doctor slapped me, I pulled a knife on him. I'm not going to take this. Uh, it is... And maybe I was wired this way, and I get it. To be honest, we have to admit the universe is not just saturated with goodness, it's also saturated with evil. Yes, look, nature teaches us the beauty of the flowers. It also shows us hurricanes and tsunamis. How are you going to deal with this? You know, um, we went to see San Andreas, the movie, and... On the way back, Cammy was asking questions about the fault lines and such, and I said, it will happen. If the, worth, uh, the world lasts long enough, that thing is going to slip, and a lot of it's going to be gone. And she said, you know, what a horrible tragedy that would be. And I said, yes, almost as tragic as the writing in that movie. But <laughs> nature includes earthquakes. It includes mosquitoes. All things are here for a reason. God might have had a reason, I just ended it. You know, that, that sort of thing. I'm not, making, I'm not making fun of people's faith. What I'm saying is, this is why Christianity has a hard time making a dent in the world of atheism and skepticism and doubt and science is because we're not open about this like we ought to be. Used to be. Our old hymns were almost all about blood, death, and dying. 
You notice that? I start, I'm not asking us to go back there. If Mark leads, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. We're going to lose a lot of our young people to nausea. Because sinners plunge beneath that flood. When I was a kid, I was thinking, that's really awful. I didn't get the metaphor. We need to confront the reality of life and death, and we don't tend to do that now. I had a 90-something, I'm sorry, that was wrong. I had a lady in my office um, years and years ago, and she had brought in her mother's medical records for me to look at. I'm not an MD, I'm a PhD, but I know how to read a lot of the records. Right? I've got to stress this. Because she was very upset. And I started to go through them, and I said, what's, what's wrong? She said, the doctors killed my mother. And I'm going to sue them, and I want you to show me what they did wrong. I, I, looked, I said, your mother was 96. She was been in a nursing home for over six years. But they could have treated... That's our attitude. We get mad when the doctor can't fix us. Because we're used to it, right? And we get angry. We're not prepared for the world in which we live anymore. We're not ready. You don't believe me? Wait for an EMP to go off. It's going to happen one day, Homeland Security tells us. I go speak at their conferences from time to time, which shows you that they have obvious gaps in their, their intelligence. But I, I get in. And I speak from time to time, and I just, I'm not an intelligence expert by any stretch. What I teach is science of fear and reaction and um, recovery and that sort of thing. So I'll sit at the table and listen. That's terrifying. I don't call Cammy on the way home because I need to process for a while so I can walk in and she goes, how was your day? And I'll say, it was great, without going in saying, we're all going to die. Once you think about it, if you lost all electricity, what happens? Phone's gone. Contact's gone. What, can you go make a battery? You see the issue? We're so removed from life and death. As one person put it years ago, America didn't go to war. The military went to war. America went to the mall. We weren't prepared. So, people say either God is not all-powerful, or he would stop that, or he's not all good, or he would stop that. Or it means that there also exists out there another power, a terribly evil power that is against us and warring against our God and against us. And we agree with that, but only in part. We are not dualist. Do you know the term dualist? Zoroastrians and others are, are dualists. They believe there are two equal powers, good and evil, and that they are at war and we're caught in the war zone. We believe there are two powers, but they are not equal. That God is much, 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 much greater and more powerful than the devil. But does that solve our problem? It does explain why a lot of bad things go on. Because, as I said last week, we're not alone in the universe and not everything out there likes us. But why won't he just stomp them? Why, why, why won't he just... That's our, that's our question, isn't it? Is it that he can't or that he isn't good enough? Those are the two issues that the world throws down. I would submit to you that there's another. It's because he wants us to be involved in this. He wants us to play our part. Step up and engage the story. 
while we're singing our hymns and celebrating answers to prayers, uh, every single time we do that, somewhere on the planet, someone is screaming because their child is dying. Somebody was singing songs of praise to God when Zosia died. That's just the way the world is. So well, how do we handle it? Augustine, I know people call him Augustine, but he would have pronounced it Augustine, and, well, he's dead, so who cares? Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, now, Augustine told us that we ought to consider all the harm that comes to us from the hands of others as really coming from our Father's hand for some good reason. Hmm. Some will jump up at this point and say, no, 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 God didn't do it. He just allowed it to happen, and I'm just going to respond, is that any better for you? How does that make you feel? Would you have allowed it? By the way, as a person that used to doubt, I, I know these questions. Would you, if you were God, wouldn't you have done that differently? Here's a secret. You need to know it. Most atheists are not atheists because of the history and science they've learned. They are atheists because the universe is not being run the way they would run it if they were God. And I get that. Because if I was God, ho, 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 some changes going to be made around here. Some of you won't be with us. <laughs> so excuse me if I don't join in some hymns that say, behind a frowning providence he hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Now, I need to stress something. I believe it, but I have a hard time singing it. Knowing when a child dies that down the road you'll be with them again, I believe in the flower, but I can't dismiss the bitterness of the bud. Can you? What would it be like if we did what Paul told us to do? Instead of minimizing grief, he said, grieve with those who grieve. Weep with those who weep. Mourn with those who mourn. What if we didn't minimize, but we joined in? But then we did, as Paul says, we don't grieve like those with no hope. But we still grieve. Can we even imagine God smiling at the greater purpose of Zosia? I don't think so. I think it comes close to blasphemy. We're forced into accepting such evil as part of God's plan when we look at the classical view of God. Um, this, this one's a harder one for me to do. This view, by the way, it's not brutal. It's not, I'm, I'm going to try to keep those down to a minimum. This view says that while events may occur with outside of God's will, they never occur outside of God's plan. It's all part of God's plan. How many times have you heard this? To the point where R.C. Sproul, classic Calvinist, John Piper is another one. If there is one single molecule in this universe running around loose, totally free of God's sovereignty, then we have no guarantee that a single promise of God will ever be fulfilled. By the way, I would tell you, that's one of the worst bits of reasoning I've ever heard in my life. If you don't bring me a glass of water when I'm mowing the lawn, then you don't love me and you hate our children. 
there might have been a little leap made there. Just a even. Perhaps that one maverick molecule will lay waste the grand and glorious plans that God has made and promised to us. Perhaps that one molecule will be the thing that prevents Christ from returning. And that book has sold millions of copies, chosen by God. By the way, never met R.C. Sproul. As far as I know, he's a good guy. Excellent guy going to heaven, but he's wrong. Because by saying this, I, want, I work with the brain, people. To put people in the ovens, the Nazis used chemicals in their head to form the idea. By the way, they got the idea from Americans. The eugenics movement. Look it up. Eugenics is E-U-G-E-N-I-C-S. Look up the, the Ford Foundation and the Rockefellers. Henry Ford was a big pusher of it. So were the Rockefellers. They funded it. Hitler wrote them fan mail and appreciated their tips on how to sterilize and kill the idiots to make life better. And in America, there were middle of the night breaking into homes, kidnapping and forced sterilizations by the tens of thousands. Bet you didn't know that, did you? It's amazing what they don't put in the school books. It's there. You can find it. Hitler got his ideas from there. All of those ideas started with chemical arranging in the brain. Are we saying then that God did it? If we say, no, no, then that's wrong. There are some chemicals he's not in charge of. What about the chemicals that somebody is putting in their veins right now in some alley or in some toilet? God in charge of those? No. Could God stop it? Yes. Why doesn't he? That's a good question. I just want you to think for a minute. Every, in a bit, we're all going to leave here and go eat something. I won't have lunch today because I'm doing starting point. I talk while the rest of you eat. And, that, and that's good because I, I, I call that fasting and I take credit for it. <laughs> I'm had a friend say, tell me that they fasted uh, and it was the worst, worst 35 minutes of their life. And, uh, <laughs> reminds me of the old W.C. Fields line that he went without liquor for three years and then he found that bottle in the kindergarten teacher's desk. Uh, so I, I, I understand. Um, some of you are just now getting it. I'll give you time. But you're going to go get lunch. One of these days, you might be in the hospital saying, why me? Why do I have these blocked arteries? Why do I have to have a heart transplant? Why do I? And it's all because of where you chose to have lunch and what you chose to eat. Do you want God to stop you today? What if when you went to McDonald's, you couldn't get in because you weigh too much? God won't open the door. And you look inside, and there are all these little anorexics he won't let out. Do you want to live in that world? Somebody gets hit by a car. We go, that's so tragic. It is tragic. Do you want God to stop you every time you want to cross the street when the light's not up? No. No. God gives us choices, and sometimes somebody else's choice hurts us. 
A guy decides to drink and get behind a, a car. And we'll say, well, that's stupid. Yeah, it is. But why do we let bars have parking lots? We are part of this. We allow this. And his bad decision and society's bad decision now runs over me. Or we could ban it. And prohibition launched crime waves. Horrific crime waves. That wasn't a good idea either. It all comes down to either the individual behaves or they don't. But you do wrong, there's a punishment. You do right, there's a reward. The message of Daniel. All right, I'm coming back to the notes. I know you guys are panicked now. I've been away for a while. Augustine said we should look upon evil not as evil, but as artistic brushstrokes by God. He denied that evil even existed, by the way. He said it only seemed to exist because of our limited perspective. It's all really good for you. Ooh. He says, God would, not, would never have created any whose wickedness he foreknew unless he had equally known to what uses and behalf of the good he would turn him, thus embellishing the course of the ages as it were an exquisite poem sent off with antitheses. For what are called antitheses are among the most elegant to the ornaments of speech. As then these oppositions of contraries lead, lend beauty to the language, so the beauty of the course of this world is achieved by the opposition of contraries, arranged, as it were, by an eloquence not of worlds, but of things. If you don't get that, it means whatever evil is happening in your life, it's all part of a poem that God's writing. Just as the more evil here, the more his goodness shines. I'd like, for you, I'd like to take you into a NICU unit and let you explain that to the parents while I stand there. Um, and if you're getting really uncomfortable, you should because the fact we don't wrestle with this is why the world doesn't believe us. It is why the last few years have seen books become bestsellers like this one, God is Not Great, by Christopher Hitchens, who died recently, well, a couple, few years ago now, cancer. A lot of people were really hoping he would convert before he died, including his brother, who is a devout Episcopalian. I believe Episcopalian. I don't think, maybe Catholic, but I think Episcopalian. Devout. Uh, and he, Peter, if you ever look up Peter Hitchens. But uh, he didn't. And in fact, when asked, what if you die and there's a God? He said, well, I tend to ask him why he didn't do things a lot better and make himself more obvious. But he wrote a book, God is Not Great. They latch on to statements like Augustine's and throw Zosia in God's face and then throw both of them in ours and they'll say, how can your God be good if he allows these things? And in fact, if they're part of his plan and it works. When we experience a horror, a child killed, a bombed out city, sometimes we blame God and we can't forgive him. After a bomb shows up in Oklahoma City and after Katrina turns on shore, pastors line up to say that God has a purpose in it. Expect a miracle. How unfeeling is this? Jesus didn't do that at the graveside of Lazarus, did he? He didn't say, expect a miracle. God has a great plan in this. He said, you've got to believe in the end of the story. And he cried. Wow. We can do that. Or we're being punished by our sins. Oh, 
Uh, and again, probably a wonderful man, great-grandfather, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, going to heaven. But I wish somebody would take a microphone off of Pat Robertson. When Disney World decided to allow LGBT days, gay days, he said, God's going to bring punishment against Florida. He's going to bring hurricanes. Wait. They're going to be now hurricanes in Florida because of this decision. Well, that'll be new. This does not help us, does it? It just doesn't. If God was going around punishing evil, wouldn't there be a lot more of it being punished? Including us? I wouldn't be here. If God punished all evil, he would have killed me a long time ago. What about you? And I'm not doing hyperbole here. I've done evil. I didn't, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm as ashamed of it as I can be. Can't change it. But he let me live and he let you live and he's letting these others live because he loves you too. And he even loves the guys with the death skull and the SS on their tabs. And he will let them make their decisions even if it affects us. But he gets to tell the end of the story. But he didn't make them do it. It wasn't part of his plan. It wasn't a poem he's writing. I do get it worked up over this stuff. This is me worked up. <laughs> Out of control, frothing, basically. I'm frothing at this stage. Now, am I saying God is not all-powerful? Again, there's that digital thing. Of course not. God is all-powerful. That does not mean that he is all-controlling. There's a difference. My grandsons were with us this weekend, so I'm tired. They were up. We, we, we wore them out. Fell asleep during the movie last night. We were going, yes. Couldn't wake him up. We're going, we did little plays. Nothing. Nothing's waking him up. We're going, yes. 5.30 this morning, up. I looked at Cammie and I said, we got to wear him out more. She said, we will not survive the effort. <laughs> Fair enough. Am I more powerful than those boys? Yes. Can I make him be quiet? Sure. I have duct tape and rope. <laughs> but it would be wrong to use that power in that way. Is God all-powerful? Yes. Doesn't mean he's going to use it. And literally, thank God for that. But it means we have to live in a universe where our decisions and those of others come back to haunt us, and a broken universe does too. Here's an interesting fact. The Bible never deals with the problem of evil. It doesn't. It's all around us, but it's not in, in Scripture. And I believe it's there. It's not in Scripture because our classical view of God is not what's being taught in Scripture. In Scripture, the psalmist will lament evil, but they're never surprised that it exists or ask God why he's letting it. They'll ask, why are you waiting to stop it? But there's never a surprise that evil's there. They're never caused to doubt God because evil broke through at a thin place. Do you know the term thin place? Um, the Celts, that's my, my people, came up with that term. When you come to a place where the dividing line between the physical and the spiritual seems very thin. For example, the holy island of Iona, Scotland, where 
uh, Christianity came to, to, to Scotland is one of those. You can go some places and you just feel the presence of God or you feel a breaking in of the Spirit of God in a miracle in a hospital room or something. That's a thin place. Evil also breaks through sometimes in a thin place. And in Scripture, they weren't surprised. In fact, rather than considering evil as just another part of his plan, in Scripture, God hates evil. How could he hate what he himself had planned, set up, and put into motion? He didn't. Look at these Scriptures. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. Stop right there. If R.C. Sproul is correctly, he made them do wrong. Before we go any further, when we lived in Colorado, there was a, a Calvinist who liked to show up at our church just to fight me. I don't fight, but I'll answer. And one day he was just getting so angry. And I, I had somewhere I had to be. And I know, by the way, and if you're thinking, well, you should have just stayed. No, somebody already died for him. God can save him with somebody else. I can say no. No is a spiritual word. I looked at him and I said, I got somewhere to be. Let me just ask you a question. Let me just set a scenario up. And he goes, what? I said, let's say you're right. That God planned everything and put everything into motion. Then God planned and wired me in such a way that I would never accept what you're saying and fight you and there's not a thing I can do about it or you and he went quiet because he hadn't thought of that the fact that people didn't agree with him was all part of God's plan not to agree with you we never think we got, thinking is a good thing you destroy those who tell lies, bloodthirsty and deceitful men, the Lord abhors. Look at the next one. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Don't tell your kids they're not allowed to hate. Yes, you are. You're supposed to. There's evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech, which would indicate he didn't do it. Not part of his poem, you love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. In other words, you are like God by hating evil and setting yourself up against wickedness, and he likes you for that. That's interesting. Let those who love the Lord hate evil. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. I can't wait to get to Amos. What a book. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. You getting the idea? We're told to hate evil. Scriptures sometimes ask why God would allow something to happen. Why was this man born blind? Remember that one? They don't, the Bible doesn't mind asking the question. Do you remember what Jesus said? He said it wasn't a sin that did this. Not his, not his parents. But so that the will of the Lord may, the glory of God may be shown and he heals him. But he wasn't born blind so that God could show glory. That's really important. I've heard most of the sermons of my life I've heard preach it as if Jesus said he was born blind so I could heal him and you could see I'm Jesus. No. He said no. No, that's, that's not the way this works. Look at Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. 
Notice that. He didn't say, but God's marvelous plan wouldn't let us in. He didn't say it was God. He said devil. The devil stopped us. Now, this isn't Flip Wilson, those of you of a certain age. The devil made me do it. The devil doesn't make you do stuff, but he can make suggestions that sound pretty good to us. And we go right with them. No, he said, no, I, we tried to get there, but Satan stopped us. Those of you that have done foreign mission work in places that were dark, and I mean morally dark, know what I mean and know what he means. There have been times my family has tried to get into places and come across barbed wire and teenagers holding AK-47s. Not part of God's plan. Um... This is, or a roadblock. Some of you, I think, have faced roadblocks, if I heard a couple of your stories right. Out of nowhere, and this isn't official, this is a problem. Yeah. Do you remember last week, Daniel in the 21 days? The devil was actively delaying the answer to prayer. Get your theology around this. Some people will say, but I I felt so secure before. Well, don't. (laughs) It's kind of like your kids are secure. My three-year-old grandson's secure. He will play in the toilet and then stick his hand in his mouth. His ignorance makes him happy and secure. Should we might want to bring up something? Son... You live in the world, which is a giant Petri dish. Don't do this. I want to take away some of your security. I do. Because it's not realistic. Instead, what I want you to do is what God called you to do. Engage. Fight back. Stand up. Face forward. Move. Change things. Be a part of the story. Don't come to church and watch the story. Be a part of the story. Move it along. Change things. You can do it. Prayers have stopped the sun moving across the sky. But somebody had to do it. Somebody had to pray and be on the field. By the way, he didn't say, kill my enemy. He said, if you'll give me some more light, I'll stay in the fight and finish this. There's a big difference. Lord, turn our nation to you. That's a good prayer. What are you doing about it? That's the, where are you? Where are you in the story? Remember last week, where are my instruments? That's what we're talking about. So don't confuse omnipotence with omnicontrol. How, you know, I believe God has a whole world in his hands. I actually like that old gospel song. How could God give people and animals some degree of free will without losing control of what they do with it? He lost control of it, but he did it willingly. Think of Jesus in Philippians chapter 2. He emptied himself. He could have grabbed hold, but he didn't. Don't you have to turn loose of your kids sometimes? We knew from the early years my son was going to the military. That didn't mean my wife liked it. So every time he would come home on a leave or something, he and I would talk about stories, but then I would always say, do not tell your mother. 
You understand that? Everybody, I'm getting nods. Good, good. But did we stop him? No. We understood he, we need to turn this loose. We need to let him make his own story. And sometimes it's hard, especially because most of us won't live long enough to see the end of our kids' stories. But we've got to trust that God will use them if they will allow him to do so, to step into the story. I have a question. Those of you that believe God plans all things, why did God let little Adolf live while other babies died? Hmm. Did he know what evil Hitler was going to unleash, or was that merely one of the possibilities? Doesn't he bear responsibility if he could have stopped it in Denton? In most states, I have no idea if they ever enforce this or not, but in most, most states, there are laws, Good Samaritan laws, that let's say I'm standing at the edge of a lake and I see you drowning and I'm a champion swimmer, but I don't go after you. I can, I don't know what the name of the law is, but there's a law where I'm culpable because I could have helped you in Denton. Um... What if, what if, I, I don't, I I've lost track of the number of atheists that have brought this up and said, I'd like to take God to court. I'm thinking, it started early. Job did it too. And by the way, Job doesn't give you an answer at all. It's a great book. Love the book. And one of the things I love about it is it doesn't tell us the end. It doesn't give the plot away. It just says, you're not God, he is. Stay in the battle. So we're going to spend a lot of time asking and answering the question, what does God know about the future? What's our part to play in the cosmic battle? Why is there suffering? But one question we will not wrestle with is the question, will God win? Because he's going to win. I don't have any doubt of that. We believe that God indeed will be victorious and the devil and his angels will indeed perish in the lake of fire. I have no doubt of that at all. We believe that God is more powerful than all the demons and that when he moves to close the history of this universe, we who have played our part and remain faithful will reign with Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. And I have no idea what that means, but it sounds like we're going to be busy. And I don't think we're ready for that until we've gone through war here. I bring up my son a lot merely because he's given me permission to use some of these stories. And I want you to understand, I know many of you gave more than we, we gave. And so I'm not trying to set himself up too high. But he'd gone off for a training period. He wasn't anywhere else but a training period. But for weeks, they had been in the snow and cold, sleeping in an open shed. Uh, this is part of training. He came back and he had a closed eye because he had had to free a guy from some netting. And when he freed it, the boot came along and hit him. And he had not had his boots off for weeks. And you could see blood marks Blood had leaked through the boots. When he came in, sent his mama out, and we cut off the boots, big parts of skin coming off too. 
he didn't complain, which really gets me. It really does. You know, I run out of blue M&Ms, and I'm just inconsolable. Um, I bandaged his feet, got him by the fire, talked to him, and I, I finally looked at him. I said, Duncan, why are you acting like this is just fine with you? And he looked at me and he said, Dad, somebody right now is training to kill me. I have to train harder than them. And I think about that when I think of our cosmic war. The devil has a plan for my life. Demons have plans for you. I'm guessing. I don't know if there's a demon that knows my name. Let's just work with this, all right? We got to train harder. We got to work harder. Because Jesus told us to redeem the world, and that was 2,000 years ago, and we haven't done it yet. It might be time to get going. And I know that's a slander. I mean, I think of Terry Rush and all of his work reaching unreached nations and such. We've done a lot of good stuff. But we need to take this a bit more seriously, I think. We really do. This is why I don't have much patience when somebody comes up and goes, you know what you guys did in church today made me uncomfortable. Really? might surprise you to know this. Your comfort was not part of our goal. We didn't plan this worship saying, remember Jim Bub, got to make him happy. And we talk about that. I say, you know, churches have crosses all over them, not ours, because I don't know. I do know, just silly. Um, we don't, don't have a lot of them. Uh, but I said, you know, crosses, that's a hint. This is going to be tough. But we can do it. We can make it. Now, my time is over here. Uh, I know some of you will want to ask some questions, and I'll answer a couple of them. Normally, I stand here until the last question's asked, but be aware I have starting point today. So I've got to get down there and talk to prospective members that we've not scared off. But are everybody, I don't want you to be comfortable, but are you in an okay place? Engage the enemy. Do not expect to win on this planet. We have another story to tell that doesn't end when we do. How can we reign over many things if we're not ready and trained? Yes, brother. Sometimes, yeah. I'll repeat this in a bit. But it didn't stop him from fighting evil in a major way in his world, in heaven. You're exactly right. That, good point. While God is not breaking through in our world, con constantly fighting evil, according to the glimpses we've seen in Daniel, he is constantly fighting evil in the heavenlies. And if he did not, we would have been overwhelmed. That song we sing, um, if the Lord had not been on our side, yeah, if it had not been the Lord that was on our side, uh, yeah, we would have been engulfed. He is fighting for us, but he will not do for us that which we are supposed to be doing for ourselves. 
And that, that's a general statement. There are exceptions. Sometimes he gives you a favor. Right? Hey, I married Cammie. I don't deserve Cammie, she says. But <laughs> I believe that that was from the heavenlies. What it was for her is her problem. But for me... All right, God bless. We'll talk again next week. Cheers.